We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends and lovely listeners. Here's a question I like to ask. How is your relationship with you? Are there things about yourself that you'd like to hide, deny, or are embarrassed about? What if I were to say, let's pull those things out of the closet in the dark corner of your psyche and really take a look at them? Might not seem like that much fun, but what if I were also to say those very qualities, quirks, and idiosyncrasies, as well as those things you don't like about yourself and that you judge about yourself, could be the portal or doorway to you being a happier, healthier, and even more spiritual human being. I know, it sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? Well, for me, I relaxed into great joy and freedom when I acknowledged the perfection in my imperfection. And when I set the intention to love myself unconditionally, warts and all, no matter what. It was such a relief, and I totally recommend it. Here to have a conversation about a path to wisdom that includes embracing our imperfection and one we can all walk on every day is Polly Campbell. Polly is a writer who specializes in personal development and spiritual topics. Polly's articles appear regularly in national publications and blogs, including psychologytoday.com and imperfectspirituality.com. Polly is also a professional speaker who inspires and energizes audiences with a blend of warmth, wit, and wisdom. Polly is a multitasking wife and mother, an avid player of Candyland, and the author of Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. Polly, thanks so much for being here with us today on Empower Radio. Ah, I'm psyched. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I love that you're psyched. And I'm psyched about your book, I have to tell you. Thank you. Your book makes me laugh out loud and hits truth from so many different directions. Tell me about your book, Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People, and why you wrote it. Sure. You know, I'm glad glad you said you laughed out loud because really I think we take this spirituality stuff too seriously. I think we take ourselves too seriously. And when I say that, I mean me. Because that's where I was, and that's where I am someday still. The book came about probably about five or six years ago now with an idea, and I was not in a good spot. I had a a new baby, which by that time she was about a year old, nine months old. Um, I had cut back on my work schedule so I could be at home more, and to be honest, that wasn't going well. I was feeling uh, constrained. It changed our financial situation, so even though we managed that, it was more stressful for me. Um, And around the same time, I was diagnosed with melanoma, which is a skin cancer. Mm. And I felt just messy. I felt like I wasn't being a a great wife because, to be honest, I just wanted time alone. I didn't want to be with anyone. The only time I was getting to myself was maybe a shower if I was lucky. And then I'm having health problems. And I was just kind of ticked off about the whole thing. And... I had an awareness one day. I've I've always been um, a spiritual person. I've meditated. I've been really involved with personal development and and curious about how we can work with ourselves, our mind and our talents and our imperfections to really live our best life. And I had an awareness during this time that really felt uncomfortable to me, that what if all these things I was labeling as problems were not problems at all? What if they were growing pains? 
just things I hadn't experienced before, so I didn't know how to experience them. And then the next thought was, what if nothing at all is messed up? What if it's all just as it should be, including me, including the fact that, that I wasn't getting a shower every day and I wasn't always the best wife and, and I wasn't, uh, you know, feeling good in my body? What if all of that was just okay? And the book came out of that understanding that really, when we stop trying to change everything, when we stop trying to deny our imperfections and, and blame, when we stop blaming other people for what isn't going well, then we can step into this life of wholeness. We can be all that we are. And sometimes all that we are is a mom who can't get changed out of her sweats or a wife who is nagging. But it's also a wife who is loving and a woman who is engaged in this life and, and committed to her family and, and someone who loves her work. It's all of that too. And, and so when I put, when I stop labeling my experience as a bad thing or me doing something wrong or, or being messy or having things fall apart and started realizing that I was all of this, life got a whole lot easier. And uh, I stopped feeling all the pressure to be a certain kind of mom. And I stopped feeling all the pressure to be uh, a certain kind of, of wife and that maybe the work that I was doing in the limited time I had was good enough. And I let it go. And, and from that evolved really uh, a life change for me, this book, um, just, just, you know, a life of, of greater sense and sensibility and, and joy and all of those things. And, and the great thing about this for me is that uh, it, you don't have to do anything else. You just you don't have to. Well, you need you do you should buy my book, but you don't have to buy. You don't have to do anything else. You just have to step in and commit to being whole. Commit to letting it all hang out, the good and the bad, and stepping into that awareness, and oh and then gosh. you're free. That's so fun. I think it's hysterical, and and you're <laughs> so right. I mean, being human is messy. It can be clumsy. You know, the times I take myself too seriously is when I trip and fall when people are looking at me. Totally. And you right. gotta laugh. Right. You know? Or you're or it's gonna be very embarrassing. And it's I think it's more fun to laugh at ourselves. Well I think it's more fun to have fun with this. People need that from you too, right? So when we spend all this time focusing on what isn't going right in us or in our life or how, how much we weigh or how much gray we have or or how fancy our job is or our car or whatever, then we are so self-absorbed, right? We're not looking out there and connecting with this life and the others in it. When you trip heading in somewhere and you can laugh at yourself, look around because everyone around us has tripped and fallen and you give us the courage to laugh at ourselves. So it, it's not only going to feel better in your life, but I really think it's your responsibility to be who you are because then I want to ride along in your wake. When you are okay with who you are, you allow me to be myself. And that's the ultimate gift. That can change the world. You make such a great point. You know, I, I work with clients and this girl was like, I think people are look at me, looking at me and judging me and hating me. I said, I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, they're too wrapped up in their own lives. But if yeah. you can get out of that pain and look at them and smile, you're going to find you're positively influencing others. Instead of being worried about what people think of you, why don't you just show up and love people? She started doing it. She came back and she was like, I can't believe how much my life has changed. Oh, and awesome. it really is. It's about connecting with others, allowing ourselves to be imperfect, allowing ourselves to enjoy the journey and, and just being more in our loving and compassion for ourselves. And, and then we can do it for other people. Yeah. You know, I, I just think um, 
ultimately, I was in such a, a difficult spot. I just wanted to feel better. And this is it. I'm telling you right now. You don't have to have anything else to feel better. You can decide to show up. And when you do it, there's going to be some uncomfortable moments. But I'll tell you what. When I see somebody who's showing up, whether I am intrigued by what they're doing or not, I admire them. I'm always connected. I say, wow, look at her courage. Look at what she's bringing to the table. And it makes me better. And and I like people like that. I'm draw- I don't care if people fail in a big way because I do it all the time. And while there will be people who are critical, they're not the ones putting themselves out there. And, you know, Brene Brown talks a little bit about this too. But, but if you want to criticize me from your couch in the living room, people weigh in on when you write a book, people have different opinions about your book. And, and I, get, I have gotten a little criticism with people not even leaving their names. If you want to talk about my book, then put your name out there because look at me, I'm heading out there. I am in this place. <laughs> and so that's fine. I, I want to have that discussion and that support of people who are also out there in the world engaging and being whole people because they're the ones that really bring it. They have something to offer. Yeah, let's bring it. I get the criticism, too, about my prosperity book. And I think the people that are criticizing me are probably struggling with their finances and their Mm -hmm. prosperity. But, you know, that's cool. Whatever. Let your life be the living example. And I think you're a fantastic living example of just um, doing it in your way, authentically your way. And I'm a fan. I'm a big, big fan. Well, thank you. And the the bottom line, Tammy, is it comes out from me not knowing another way. Like when I was trying to be the cool mom, I couldn't live with thing, finger paint. Couldn't pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the mom. If if my kid is going to finger paint, you have to invite her over to your house because I'm not having finger paints in my house. I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. So for a long time, I tried to be that mom, the one who would pack the cool lunches and, and buy everything organic, even though you didn't know what to buy and, and you know, be the perfect, perfect. And I was failing big time. So when I just started being myself again, when I realized that I could be scared about having cancer and some days I didn't have to be scared when I realized I I could, you know, have days where I didn't want to be with my daughter and I was still not evil. You know, I, I became who I was meant to be and, and that's a gift. And, and we, we all have got that. This, I'm not talking about doing anything different. I'm just talking about uncovering who you are. It's within us all. Yeah, just letting it be what it is. I mean, literally, and I know you've heard this before, I laughed out loud when you got the raisin upside the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that. It, sometimes this life is just so absurd, you have to laugh. We were headed to a family vacation, and, and my husband, I thought, was driving like a maniac. He has, uh, he's claimed otherwise, but I was just ticked off. I'd gotten everyone ready to go, and I was tired. My kid is in the back seat whining about her nose hurting. My husband's driving crazy, and I, I felt like I was on this planet just straightening everybody out, you know. So I was telling him how to drive and telling my kid to get over her nose, and we're driving along, and I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe this is my life. I used to be so in charge, and I had this great job, and, and all of a sudden, my daughter lets out this huge sneeze, this raisin literally flies past my ear and smacks into the windshield in front of my face. And she had a raisin up her nose. That's why her nose hurt. And when she sneezed, that raisin flew out like a projectile through the car. And, and it was a moment where you just have to say, wow, all of this is my life. And, and it can be this too. I can be spiritual in this moment. I can be loving. I can laugh at this world and, and be capable of dealing with whatever comes. And so it is a funny moment. It's definitely one of our family stories, but, uh, but it was also a time to remember that, 
that this stuff works anywhere, anytime. You know, you don't have to be on a mountaintop in the Himalayas for it to work for you. You can be in the middle of a carpool with a bunch of kids or in an argument with your husband, and it can step in because it's always within you. Oh, yeah. What a relief. It was such a relief when one of my teachers said, you don't have to go to India to wake oh, yeah. up. You know, yeah. you can do that in your life in every yeah. moment, in every second. And I was like, what a relief. You can even do it in the car with your kids sneezing a raisin out. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's right. Like, it's always available. Yeah. So you include a chapter that I think is so important on everyday courage. Hmm. So I want to talk about this quality of courage because I do think it is a quality that we need to ascend in our consciousness. So can you tell me more about everyday courage? Yeah, and I think it's a quality we all have. You know, the big wig researchers, uh, the psychologists who study this stuff know that we all have some innate degree of courage. But what I think is interesting is we don't, often recognize that in ourselves. We don't see it. You know, we think of courage in terms of running into a burning building and rescuing the kid or um, sometimes standing up in public speaking. We, we're afraid of that, so that requires courage. But the kind of courage that I'm interested in is called psychological courage. And what it is, it's really the ability and the willingness to step up in our life, recognize our feelings or what isn't working or the things that scare us in our life and confront them and deal with them. So psychological courage is the ability to see, oh, that wine I'm having every night is now a problem. Or, you know, this job that I trained for 10 years to do, I hate it. I cannot do it anymore. Or the relationship is not okay right now. Psychological courage is our, uh, the courage that allows us to call the doctor for an appointment when we find a lump. It's the courage that allows us to have another child when we've lost one. It's the courage that keeps us going. And what I really learned from writing this and, and what I want people to get is that we all have this, but we need to recognize those moments because what we know is that our courage grows and gets stronger when we practice it. But if you're doing this stuff in your life and you don't recognize it as requiring courage, you're missing the opportunity. I think we all are doing this. You know, I think... This is what it takes to be human, you know, to enter into a love relationship when you've been divorced or hurt, um, to invest in a business when you've lost all your money. That requires courage, and we have it, and we need it, and we need to develop it so that we get to that point in our, in our lives where we know that we have enough within to cope with anything that comes up. Now, you may not want to. You know, there's, I, I really hope I, I, I don't want to deal with cancer again, don't need that experience again, but if it shows up, I've got it. I can handle that. And mm -hmm. so what I, what I want people to do is recognize, first of all, they've got this within them. And then look for the ways it shows up in their everyday life, the psychological courage. And then practice other ways. So if you're a person who normally stays quiet in a conflict with somebody, next time, share your opinion quietly. You know, if you're a person who's put off going to the dentist, make that appointment. It's in the little ways when the stakes are low that we show up, that our courage mm -hmm. gets stronger. So, so practice in a little way so that when the big stuff comes down, you'll be ready. Love that. Build the courage muscle. Yeah, build the courage muscle. Right. And now I know something you write about that, that helped me build my courage muscle is the process of creativity. Mm. You know, that's definitely helped me open more fully to my spiritual path and my creativity. And it's helped me not take myself so seriously. So I mm -hmm. want you to talk a little bit about <laughs> the path of creativity and, and how that can support us in so many ways in our lives. Well, again, you know, we have, there's such a label around creativity. And um, 
and we we revere you know the writers the writers and the artists and the actors in the world, but creativity is is I think. Uh, much more than that. And, and it's like courage in the way that it shows up every day. Creativity can show up in how you manage your child's tantrum. It can show up in how you approach a project at work. It can show up in how you manage your bank account and your financial obligations. Those are creative responses too. So I want people to broaden their view of what creativity is because if you're surviving on this planet, you're probably using your creative muscle every day. And again, we know that everyone to some degree is creative. So broaden your, your label of what creative, creativity is. And I want you even to take it further and, and see creativity as a superpower because when you come at it, from the knowledge that you are creative and it shows up everywhere in your life, then all of a sudden anything is possible. So the world becomes full of possibilities. So instead when you're in transition like I was and feeling icky about your life, you can say, oh, I wonder how I can think of this a different way. And all of a sudden this ick transforms into a book and a bunch of other great things that have come out of my life. Or in, um, in our family when, when my daughter was really young and she'd be having a meltdown, we just started turning on music because when, the, when she was in that state, you couldn't talk to her at all. So we just started turning on music and all of a sudden we'd be dancing and pretty soon that situation would morph into something more creative where we became better problem solvers and we could listen to each other and talk to each other. Oh, so I love that. It, it was, the, worked great. Yeah, and that's a great idea. If somebody's having a tantrum, just turn on the music and start dancing. Yeah, do something to turn help them loud. access their own creative power. And do it for yourself, too, right? That's what I mean by oh, yeah. superpowers. <laughs> so if you're stuck, go out and do something you haven't done before. Novelty is really the essence of, of creativity. So, you know, there are all these categories of creators in our lives. There are big C creators and little C creators. The big C are like the master creators, people who make a living. They're just wired that way. But, but the rest of us are little C creators. We use it as a coping mechanism throughout our lives. And, and that opens our lives up. We are meant to be expansive on this planet. And when we create... We are expansive. You know, we, we are made of the same things that, that made the universes and, mm-hmm. and the stars and the oceans. We have those same elements. We are meant to expand into our fullness. And when we access our creativity by living bold, by showing up, by being courageous, um, by trying new things, by knowing that we're going to fail and trying again, then we are in our fullest, you know, realm of creativity. And, the bigwigs talk like, you know, they have all these fancy terms. There's, there's stages, preparation, incubation, where the, where the idea takes root, and, and illumination, where all of a sudden you've got it, you know how you're going to create it. Uh, for me, it's, it's none of that. It's panic. It's what the heck is my problem? I don't have anything. It's, oh, maybe I could do this. No, I'm pretty sure I can't do it. Oh, let's give it a try anyhow. It's never linear. Um, it's never clear until it just is. And so I think creativity also involves some faith. It's the ability to say, uh, yes, absolutely. I don't have this figured out, but I'm just going to continue on and see what comes and knowing that something will come. And so yes. for me, that's a big one because don't you think we quit halfway? We'll start on a, a book project or, or uh, doing something with our kids or our family or a vacation, coming up with a vacation idea. And when it gets harder, we get scared. Then we say, oh, I can't figure this out. Talk ourselves out of it. 
Absolutely. Oh, I've done that. And it's, it's like accelerator brakes, accelerator brakes, accelerator brakes. And <laughs> I recognize that so well because you're going into the mystery. You're giving up control and, you know, it could fail and you could be embarrassed. But, right. you know, and- I think if we're okay with failure, we can just keep, you know, it's like I have the tendency to put on the brakes right now. But you know what? I'm not going to. I'm going to just keep going, and, and it's scary, but I'm going to do it anyway because I, I believe the universe wants us to succeed. I think the universe is on my side, and that's kind of something new. I didn't always believe that. So that's I, I given totally me the, the gumption to keep pressing through the discomfort. Yeah, it, absolutely, and, and living with that uncertainty because there's nothing – I mean, when you're creating anything, you're inventing something that wasn't there a moment before. I you love don't that. know what that's that so is going to be. You don't know what that's going to be. You don't know how that's going to look. You know, I went to a new trainer yesterday, and, and I was so stressed walking in, and I thought, well, whatever it is, in the next moment it's going to be different than the last, and I can handle this moment. I can be that. And so it allowed me to really open myself up and create a new experience that I was really nervous about. And, and it did change things. And knowing that whatever that outcome was, I was going to be okay. Living with that uncertainty allowed me to expand in my life. And I felt better walking out than I did walking in. And, and that's what this is about, right? That expansion and, and trusting that whatever out the outcome is, it's not more important than the process of creating it. I love that. Yeah, if we just keep showing up for each moment, the next one will take care of itself. Right. You know, so I I love that story. That's fantastic, Polly. Well, we have about five minutes left here, and there's a couple more things I want to talk to you about. But right now, I want you to tell people how they can find you, how they can get your book, how they can get more Polly, because I know they're loving you just like I am. More Polly. Yes, I'm going to tell my husband that, too. More Polly. (laughs) More Polly, yes. (laughs) Come to my website. I'm at www.imperfectspirituality.com. You can access my books there. They're also... From Amazon, they're also in your local bookstores, um, independent bookstores everywhere. And if they're not, they can order them because the book is out and about. Um, and all, yeah, I'm I'm at the Huffington Post in Psychology Today, and uh, I write now for a blog called Creativity Post. So those are all great sites to check out for me, but but other great ideas too. And so come to my site, imperfectspirituality.com. I'm on Facebook, Imperfect Spirituality. Um, track me down and and um, pick up the book and let me know what you think. Love it. Love it. So, Polly, if we were to do one thing, you're going to give us one bit of advice today to enhance our spiritual practice. What would you suggest? See, I hate this one thing because I can think of seven. Okay. Well, um, we might have time. We have like four (laughs) minutes left. So we might get to all seven. So just start and let's see where we go. We'll go easy and then we'll go cheesy. So the first one is... I love it. Let's do it. The easy one is the gratitude one. You know, and we've heard this before, but it's amazing how quick and how important it is in my life. Give thanks, show appreciation, and allow yourself a moment to feel that. And if you have to hunt for stuff, go hunt for the stuff. Because having the breath in your body or the ability to listen to the show is going to change your moment, which will change the next. And that's all we need for a better life. So I want you to give thanks. The the cheesy one, and I swear I'm totally against this, but I didn't put anything in the book that I didn't practice myself. So when I came across this, I decided to practice for a week, and it was amazing, the results, and that is give yourself a hug. (laughs) One of the challenges that we have is self-compassion, right? We'll be kind to our friends or our kids or whatever, and we'll beat up on ourselves for the smallest infraction. But part of being imperfect and whole is embracing all of that. So when you're feeling really cut or embarrassed or unhappy that you made a mistake, 
slow down, take a deep breath, and wrap your arms around your shoulders or, or your ribs or whatever. Just give yourself a hug and hold it for a few seconds. What that does is, first of all, it, it changes the hormones in our body and releases a bunch of oxytocin, which is the thing that makes us want to connect and nurture other people and ourselves, right? So it changes your physiology. But what it also does, I found, is it reminds me that I'm human. I can feel my heart beating when I do that, and I can be more forgiving, and I can nurture myself like I would uh, nurture other people I love in a time of upset. So I know it sounds crazy. I'm not a big hugger, but I have done this. When you're on the verge of upset because you're feeling imperfect and flawed, stop what you're doing, take a breath, wrap your arms around your body, and just notice who you are, this the essence of who you are, this love and talent and ability and and strength, and you got it going on. Stop and notice that, and you'll feel better. I love cheese. That's fantastic. I've not <laughs> even heard that before. Yeah, no, I hadn't either. And like I said, I, I really did it, and um, I do it now. It definitely is a quick, you know, for my life, it gets pretty chaotic, like for most people, pretty busy, and I need to have things that I can do just in a split second to change the moment, to shift me from that negative place to more positive, and, and that's one that does it. I can see myself doing that in L.A. gridlock. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, compassion would be a beautiful thing in those moments because you could just, like, lose your mind. So that's that's fantastic. Well, Polly, we are at the end of the show. I'm so glad that I've convinced you to do another show with me in the near future. I think you're fantastic, wonderful, lovely, and amazing and and lots of fun. This has been a blast. I'll come back anytime. I love this, Tammy. <laughs> well, you got the gift of gab, so you're you're just lovely. I think you're just really awesome. So, to my listeners, you are awesome too. Thank you so much for taking some of your time out of your day to hang out with Polly and me. I know you got some value from this too. Give yourself a hug and uh, be in touch with me at my uh, website, Tammy B PhD. Get that report, guided meditation, help you center, relax, align, so you can attract those great things in your life that you deserve and desire. So, thanks for hanging out with us. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.